0: Well, good morning, Cedar Creek Church. Hey, thank you very much. I am so glad that you are here today, wherever here is, maybe at one of our campuses, at the ridge, at the West Campus, worshiping with us here at Banks Mill. Maybe you are in your den watching worship today or a hospital room, you're on vacation. Maybe you slept a little bit late and you're joining us from the comfort of your bed. Wherever you are, I just want you to know I am thrilled that you are here. My name is Danny and I am the campus pastor at our Banks Mill location. And I always love it when Pastor Philip gives us an opportunity to share and just share from God's word. And I am really excited about what I want to be sharing today. Um, and today is a challenging message, but I think it's a message that all of us can identify with. And as we go into it, you may know that we are in a series um, on parables. And parables, very simpler, were stories that Jesus used to teach a greater lesson. And the parables he shared were not actual events that happened, though they could have happened. But again, he shared them with the whole idea simply that they would teach a lesson, whatever it is that he felt like God wanted him to share with people. That's how he shared it. Oftentimes it's through stories. And we know from scripture that there's over 30 parables that he shares. And so today we're going to be looking at one of those. I also wanna tell you this, and we talk about this often here at Cedar Creek Church, but we always want you to be real and to be honest with us. And so this morning, I want you to be honest and to be real. And I also want to tell you that, um, I'm gonna ask you a question in a minute that I want, want you to respond to, all of our campuses online, everything else. And by the way, I can see you in the camera, so if you don't raise your hand, I'll know. But this is a topic that I'm sure none of you have a problem with, everybody else out there has a problem with, so I get that and understand that. But I want to just ask you this morning, don't raise your hand yet. I'll tell you what I want you to do that. I want to ask you this. Is there anybody in your life that you need to forgive? Maybe they lied to you. Maybe they haven't treated you right. Maybe they've taken advantage of you in some way, shape, or form. Maybe maybe they've treated you poorly. They've spread gossip about you. Is there anybody in your life that you need to forgive? If that's you, would you raise your hand? I'm going to raise both of my hands on this one. All right, good. Now, at least this morning, I know who I'm talking to. If you didn't raise your hand, pray for the rest of us, please. And if you have any secret to forgiving anybody, please, uh, ch- please check in with us and let us see if we can learn anything from you. But today we're talking about forgiveness and unforgiveness. And we're going to be talking about a parable in scripture um, that is the unforgiving debtor i um, the, the person who is not willing to forgive a debt and we're going to explore that topic this morning as we're together and this sermon topic is difficult and I get that and I understand that it makes sense to me. I also know this that we want to be forgiven. I think all of us when we sin against God we want God to forgive us but for some reason it's so hard for us to forgive other people. I don't know if you find that the case. For me that's the case. I want God to forgive me but it's hard for me to then turn around and forgive other people. And I think about why that might be and some things come to mind is one thing, I'm mad. When you cross me and you've done something to me, I'm mad and I need time. I don't want you to come to me. I don't want to forgive you when I'm still in that place of being mad. Or I think about this whole idea that not only might I be mad, but I could be vengeful. And I feel like, hey, you did this to me and I want to get back at you. You deserve this to happen to you because of what you did to me. Or maybe it's something as simple as we just want to be angry for a while. We've been too hurt. There's different reasons why it's hard for us to forgive. But the reality is we want God to forgive us. But oftentimes it's so difficult for us to forgive other people. And I get that today. And I also want to say this to you today. Forgetting may be really, really difficult. It may come. You may never forget what's been done to you. And I I want you to know I get that and I understand that. That makes sense to me that some things happen in our lives that's hard to do. But what I can tell you is this, God allows us and helps us to forgive even when we struggle to forget. And I believe you're going to see that as we go through the message today. And I'm going to challenge you to do that because here's the the real truth in all this is that when you and I fail to forgive, we are held captive. We become a prisoner because that thing, that situation, that person has control of us at that point. And they bring up that anger, they bring up that revenge, and until we can say, God, help me release this, help me get rid of this, we become their prisoner. So this is a very, very important message today that I want to share, and I do want to go ahead and get into it, and I'm going to be coming out of Matthew chapter 18, verses 21 through 35, and I would ask you to listen, watch on the screen, look on your Bible app, but just follow with me as I go through these verses. Here's what God's Word said. Then Peter came to him, this is Jesus, and asked, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times. Let me stop right there. This would have been very generous in biblical times to forgive somebody seven times. So the fact that Peter's saying to Jesus, should I forgive somebody seven times, he probably feels feels pretty good about himself. But as Jesus often does, he reminds us of some truths that we need to hear. And he says, no, not seven times. Jesus replies, but 70 times seven. Then he goes on to say this, and this is where he kind of spells it out on what he means when he's talking to him. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king who decided to bring his accounts up to date with servants who had borrowed money from him. In the process, one of his debtors was brought in who owed him millions of dollars. He couldn't pay, so his master ordered that it be sold along with his wife, his children, and everything he owned to pay the debt. But the man fell down before his master and begged him, please be patient with me, I will pay it all. Then his master was filled with pity for him and he released him and forgave his debt. But when the man left the king, he went to a fellow servant who owed him a few thousand dollars. He grabbed him by the throat and demanded instant payment. His fellow servant fell down before him and begged for a little more time. Be patient with me, I will pay it, he pleaded. Then the angry king sent the man to prison to be tortured until he had paid his entire debt. Listen to this verse. That's what my heavenly father will do to you if you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters from your heart. So this morning, I want to spend a few minutes just talking about the foundation of forgiveness. Why should we forgive other people? And there's a lot of reasons to do that, but I want to share three from this passage this morning. And the first one I want to share is this, the magnitude of sin. The magnitude of sin. In this parable, this debt was huge. This servant owed this king millions of dollars. And it was impossible for this servant to repay that. To give you some idea, this is the equivalent to 10,000 Greek talents. That may not mean much to you. And it's hard for me to get my mind around this as well. But this is approximately 375 tons of silver. And in studying for this, I also found out that this was more than all of the tax revenue of Galilee at the time. Think about that. All of the tax revenue of that particular time, this guy's debt was even more than that. And so what did the king do? The king had decided, hey, it's time for you to pay me back. It's time for me to collect my debt. He had every right to do that. It was money that he loaned out. It was time for him to get that money back. So he had every right to get his money back. And the problem with that is that the amount that was owed was insurmountable. It could not be paid. This poor servant here, he could not possibly pay back all that he owed the king. So we have a problem here, and that's an issue. We're going to talk about it today. Before we do that, though, I want to get personal for just a second. And this isn't going to be fun, and I understand that, but I want to deal with God's truths. And here we go. You and I sin against God. You and I are sinful, okay? That's probably not a surprise to you. Scripture even says that if we're guilty of breaking one of God's law, we're guilty of breaking it all because one sin makes us a sinner. So here's the issue. You and I uh, have great sin in our life and we do this sin oftentimes over and over and over again. And here's where the problem was that in order for us to be in a relationship with God, we have to be like God. We have to be holy and righteous and perfect. And I think I'm wise enough to know that all of us would say, I don't meet that criteria. I'm not holy and perfect and righteous like God. And so that is our problem that that we're sinful and we're broken and we have this huge sin in our lives. The magnitude of sin in our life is massive. And because we're not holy like God, we're in trouble. And we owe a huge debt because of the sin that's in our lives and there's no way for us to repay it. We can't be holy enough and can't be righteous enough and do enough good things in order to overcome the debt that we've acquired because of the sin that's in our life. The truth is our magna- the magnitude of our sin is huge. It's more than anything that this servant owed this king. Our sin is, is huge. Our sinfulness actually causes death, it causes us to be separated from God for all of eternity in a place called hell. Uh, and it just separates, from, separates us from God. And so I know you're sitting here this morning thinking, I feel really good about myself today. I know there's a magnitude of sin in my life and I'm separated from God. So what is it that I do? And what I would offer to you today is to understand this, that every sin that we commit, big or small, is taken care of through the blood of Jesus, is forgiven through the blood of Jesus. And let me say this this morning, I said every sin that we commit big and small, we need to understand this, the consequences of our sin are way different. If I tell a lie, that's one consequence. If I take somebody else's life, that's another consequence. So I understand the consequences of our sin are different, but we need to understand today that sin to God is sin. And every sin, no matter how small we think it is, or no matter how big we think it is, it all requires one thing, and that is that Jesus Christ be sacrificed, that Jesus Christ paid the price for that sin. So this is a big deal today and we need to understand in God's eyes, sin is a huge deal because he paid the price for that sin and that matters and this is, this is big. And Jesus is the one that fixes that problem for us. So I want you to understand today that sin costs, it costs God his son's life, but sin and forgiveness rather, it costs us as well. What do you mean by that, Danny? Well, let me explain it to you this way. In order for you to forgive somebody, typically, you've got to give up your pride. You've got to take a step back and realize, you know what, in the world's eyes, I owe this to them. They get this, they should get this. But I'm gonna step back and take my pride and remember that I've been forgiven of sin. And so we have to to say, hey, I'm gonna sacrifice my pride in order to forgive this person. Or what about this one? Just my desire to be mad. And again, some of this is going to take time. This isn't an overnight kind of deal, I think, in our lives. But we give up our right to to be mad and to be angry and for that to just well up in us and take us over whenever we forgive somebody. Granted, again, we may have to work through some of that anger and deal with it. But the reality is, as we forgive them, God is going to help us work through that. Or this whole idea of just getting back at them. You know, I don't know about you, but sometimes for me, this is a big one. When someone does something that hurts me and someone does something against me, my natural reaction is, I wanna get back at you. I want you to have to pay a price like, like I paid a price. And when we forgive somebody, we remove that. It doesn't become about getting back at them. It's about laying that down and saying, I've forgiven you from that for that. I'm not gonna allow that to control me anymore. Or just the whole idea of it costs us protecting ourselves. When you forgive somebody, sometimes you have to drop that guard and realize, hey, I'm vulnerable right now. And this is hard and and I need to, to be able to do that, but it's difficult to do that. So here's what I want you to do for just a second before I move to point two. I want you to just to think about this for a minute. What sin is in your life? What sin is in your life this morning? Maybe you only know about it, maybe other people know about it, but what sin is in your life? And then do you understand the magnitude of sin? Not to other people. Do you understand the magnitude of sin to God? That this is big. This cost him his son's life. And so whatever little sin you did or big sin you did, this cost Jesus' his life. So I want you to think about that for a minute. And then I'll tell you this. I've had to wrestle with this as I got ready for this message. I'll let you wrestle with me. I want you to be uncomfortable because we need to understand the magnitude of our sin, the magnitude of our disobedience toward God and toward our king. So the first thing I want you to understand as we deal with this whole foundation of forgiveness is we need to understand the magnitude of our sin. The second thing we need to understand is the graciousness of forgiveness. And you'll see that on the card you got as you came in or on the Bible app, the graciousness of forgiveness. You know, the price uh, that the servant deserved to pay in this story per the king was that he and his family would be sold with all of their possessions to repay the debt. And at first, that seems like that's just horrible that he would require that. But what we need to understand is that this was customary during that time. He wasn't being mean. He wasn't being vengeful. You owe me money. You can't get it. So because you can't pay me back what you owe me, we're going to sell your family. So we need to understand that in this parable, absolutely, this was a huge debt. The king wasn't crazy for wanting to, to call that debt in. And he was being fair in what he was asking to be done here. However, something happened in this story that changed it. If you remember back to when I read it, when this servant appears before the king, he goes before the king and he begins to scream at the king. And he says, you know what? I cannot believe that you would want me to repay this debt. I cannot believe that you are thinking about selling my family into slavery just because I owe you millions of dollars. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. And we know that the servant was pointing at the king and screaming at him. No, that's not what happened in that passage. This guy comes before the king in a whole different way. Listen to what verse 26 says as to how he approaches the king. The man fell down before his master and begged him, please be patient with me, I will repay it. Think about that for a minute. This guy has this huge debt that is against the king and he approaches the king very humbly, falls before him and says, I will repay this. I will get you back the money that I owe you. And the crazy thing is in verse 27, the king says this, the master was filled with pity for him and he released him and he forgave his debt. Listen to that. He goes before the king, he falls before the king and what does the king do? But he has pity on him, which is amazing to me. But not only pity, he releases him from it and he forgives the debt. You wanna talk about graciousness That is incredibly gracious on that king's part that he would be willing to forgive that huge debt that was owed him and allow this guy to leave and not have to worry about that debt anymore. What I wanna do is apply this to our life for just a second. Um, Like the servant, we have the magnitude of sin or debt in our lives. And the debt that we owe to God is way more than millions of dollars. The debt we owe him is an eternity separated from him because we're sinful and we're broken. And hopefully we approach God much like the servant approached this king and we bow before God and we say, God, you know what? I've sinned against you. I know I've broken your heart. I know I've been disobedient toward you. I know that I've lived in a way that I shouldn't have lived. Or I've done what I shouldn't have done. And we beg for God not to give us what we deserve, but we beg him for his grace. We beg him for his mercy. We beg him for his forgiveness. And the amazing thing is God forgives us. When we are a Christ follower and Jesus Christ is the Lord of our life and we confess that, God absolutely forgives us. Here's where the parable falls a little bit short though. When we deal with God and sin in our lives, somebody has to pay that sin debt. Somebody has to pay the debt for the disobedience that's happened in our lives. And the choice is this we have the choice to pay that debt ourselves. And let me tell you this, and I'm not trying to scare you or do anything else. If you're counting on being able to pay that debt, you will spend eternity separated from God forever and ever and ever and ever. Because you can't repay it. You can't come to church enough. You can't pray enough. You can't serve enough. You can't do good enough. The Bible says our acts of righteousness are like filthy rags to God. So at our very best, we can't count on being that payment for our debt. And so what happens when we die without the forgiveness Jesus offers, we live all of eternity separated from him because of that sin that's in our lives. Or you and I can take the gift that God offers us of his son, Jesus Christ, And when we receive Jesus Christ into our lives, now we have a payment for that sin. Now someone has paid the price that makes the gap between where we are and where God is, he bridges that gap for us. And now we can be in a relationship with God. So what I want you to understand is, somebody pays for that debt, you're gonna pay for it, which is not God's desire, because you can't do it. Or you can put your faith and hope in Jesus Christ and Jesus will pay that debt. And here's the awesome thing, when Jesus pays the debt, we don't go around having to follow 600 plus laws like they had to do during biblical times. And we don't have to do this and do that. And we don't have to follow a bunch of laws and a bunch of different things in order to be holy and righteous. That's not where we get it from. We can enjoy a relationship with God through his son, Jesus Christ. And oftentimes, hopefully our lives are gonna be lived in a way that please and honor God. But the times we fall short, it's about going to him and confessing, God, I repent of this. I wanna change directions. I wanna go the other direction. Please forgive me for this. And the awesome thing is God does it and scripture even says that we're holy and blameless before God when we go to him through the blood of Jesus Christ. So today, I just want you to think about who's paying the debt for your sin because God graciously has provided that for you today. And forgiveness is granted to us simply because of the grace we find in Jesus Christ. Pretty amazing to me that he would do that. So foundation number one, realize the magnitude of your sin. Salvation, no, or Foundation number two, uh, the graciousness of forgiveness should cause us to want to forgive other people. And then the last one is expression of gratitude. Expression of gratitude. And this one, uh, I'll just be honest with you, I forget this one a lot. I can be very much like the servant in this story and forget what I've been forgiven. But when I slow down and I remember what God has forgiven me for, it makes it so much easier to forgive other people. But I wanna take a minute and look back at these verses and I'm gonna do this reverse. We're gonna look at what forgiveness doesn't look like and we're gonna see it in this servant's life. And I wanna read those to you again because these verses are powerful. But when the man, this is the servant, left the king, he went to a fellow servant who owed him a few thousand dollars. He grabbed him by the throat and demanded instant payment. His fellow servant fell down before him, begged him for a little more time. Be patient with me and I'll repay it, he pleaded. But his creditor wouldn't wait. He had the man arrested and put in prison until the debt could be paid. And I read that verse and I think, how foolish is that? How foolish is that? That this king forgave you millions of dollars And you can't forgive this cat over here for a little bit of debt they have. And you're not only going to not forgive him, you're going to have him arrested and put in jail till he can pay you back for that. And I just think to myself, that is so dumb. How in the world could that servant possibly do that when the debt was so different that was owed and he received the graciousness of the king? It just made me ridiculous. And when I read it, it almost makes me angry until I start thinking about myself. And I put myself in the place and I think as ludicrous as this is, I can be a whole lot like that servant that goes to his servant and wants payment now. You know, God's forgiven me great debt time and time again, but like the servant, I withhold that forgiveness. I withhold it because you hurt me, you cross me. You overlooked me for something. Something has happened that has made me feel like I feel and you've hurt me and somehow I'm supposed to forgive you. No, that's not gonna happen. When in my mind, I have to stop and think, yeah, but Danny, God forgave you for your sin and the price he paid was unbelievable. It was his son's life and you're not having to give your life or somebody else's life for what's been done to you. So I should be able to forgive, but it's so difficult to do that. And as I read that and I think about my own life, One of the things I ask myself really is, how does God feel about me in the way that I live my life? How does God feel about my unforgiveness? And I go down to verse 32 and 33 and I find out, I think God might feel a lot like this. The king called in the man he had forgiven and he said, you evil servant, I forgave you tremendous debt because you pleaded with me. Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy on you? And I wonder if that's not what God says to me. Danny, I forgave you huge, huge debt over here. You need to forgive this person. You need to be willing to forgive this person. I know it seems like this this debt over here is insurmountable for you, but I'm gonna help you forgive them. And we're gonna walk through this together. We have an incredible care and counseling ministry here that if this is a place where you are, let them help you walk through this. Let them help you move toward that forgiveness because God's called us to do that. Sometimes God uses, oftentimes God will use people to help us get through the situations we're in. But the fact is this morning, I think God might feel sometimes about me just like he did about this guy or like the king did about this guy and wonder, what are you doing? I forgave you, you can forgive others. I also wanna share one passage with you out of um, Matthew chapter six, verses 14 and 15. And God's word says this, this is Jesus speaking. If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your father will not forgive your sins. And I read that passage and my home group just recently went through a study on forgiveness. And this verse is one that I struggle with a lot as we went through that. Because one of the things, again, I think all of us appreciate is when we ask God to forgive us, that he forgives us. And people always say to me, you know, God is a forgiving God. He'll forgive you of your sin. And God will forgive you of your sin. Um, I believe God forgives someone who repents of their sin. And I believe God forgives somebody. This is the part I really don't like to vocalize. But I think God forgives us as we forgive other people. And that last part is hard to accept, but when I read Jesus' words here, it's very clear to me that he's saying, God forgives us as we forgive other people. So all I can conclude from that is if I'm not willing to forgive other people for the things they've done against me, God is not going to be willing to forgive me for the things I've done against him. That's pretty scary when you think about God saying that to us. And I can't sugarcoat that any other way. Jesus is very clear. God forgives you like you forgive others. And this morning, I just wonder how many of us, maybe God's not forgiven us for things because we were not willing to forgive others. And we're not willing to say, God, I need help to do this. And this is gonna take time. And I know I need to do this. I'm not saying this gotta be something that happens overnight, but I think we need to be working toward that forgiveness in order for God to forgive us. And I know that's heavy this morning, but I can't get away from the fact that's what he calls us to do. So what I want to do this morning is just to have you think for a minute about this parable we studied today of the unforgiving servant, and just to ask yourself, are you like the servant that was forgiven of the debt, or are you like the servant that then went right around and said to somebody else, hey, I can't forgive you, you need to pay me now, you need to get right with me right now, are we that unforgiving person? And my hope and my prayer is that we find ourselves being grateful and thankful for a God that forgives us and we extend that forgiveness to other people. May we be like Jesus and provide that uh, same forgiveness that we've gotten, may we provide that for other people. And I just want you to remember this, that the foundation of forgiveness, the things we've talked about today, I pray will help you forgive people in your life. And again, I will tell you this, we have a great prayer team here. If this is something you're struggling with, fill out the back of that card, let them know what you need. Uh, You don't need to give specifics, God knows that. But if you need us to come alongside you and pray that you move toward forgiveness, let us do that. I mentioned the prayer and counseling team to you a minute ago. They are there for you. They would love to be able to walk alongside with you as well. But I would just challenge you today to examine your own life and see, are you like the unforgiving servant or do you realize the magnitude of your sin? Do you realize the graciousness of forgiveness that comes from God? And do you realize and do you live in a place of gratitude for God for the forgiveness that he's provided you? So this morning, my hope and my prayer is that God has just spoken to you and given you a little bit more insight And this parable, this, this illustration that teaches a story. I pray he'll use that to help us become forgiving people because again, when we don't forgive, we end up becoming bitter. We end up becoming people full of hate we become prisoners of whoever or whatever it is that's gotten us where we are. And this morning, God wants us to live in freedom, and that's going to come through forgiveness. Would you join me as we pray together? Father, I want to come to you today and thank you so much for your word. Oftentimes, your word I read, and I feel like I'm doing pretty good in some areas, and I feel like I'm making progress, and I I may even reflect Jesus in a lot of ways. But if I'm honest today, there's other times I read your word, and I realize that I fall short, way short. And this is one of those times, I think, in my own life that I may be withholding forgiveness from people that I need to extend it to. And I just ask you to forgive me for that because I realize it's not what you desire. It's not your passion. It's not how your son lived his life. And Father, I realize this morning that I I have to come to you and I have to ask for your forgiveness and you extend that to me and you provide that as as I repent of that, as I ask you to help me, you will forgive me for that but yet sometimes I can be so stubborn and not provide that for other people. So my hope and my prayer is this morning that you would challenge us, each of us, to be people of forgiveness, people that will extend that to others, that will experience the freedom that comes from that. Father, I pray that you would help us work through whatever obstacles are keeping us from getting there, but I pray that we would be people of forgiveness. Father, I also thank you today, most of all, for your son, Jesus Christ. And I wanna thank you that it's through him we have forgiveness. And I just pray for the person that's sitting out here right now that may not know Jesus Christ in a personal way, that Father, you would speak to them and you would help them to realize that they are sinful and they're broken and the magnitude of that sin is huge. But Father, you love them so much that you sent Jesus Christ into this world. And Father, as they place their faith in him, as they surrender to him, and Father, they ask for that forgiveness, you'll provide it. And there's freedom in that, Father. There's a new life in that. I'm reminded of the hope and peace and joy that comes to a relationship with you. And no, life's not easy. And yes, life may continue to be hard, but Father, there's just a new inner contentment. There's a new joy. There's a new awareness that you're with us. And as we lean on you and trust in you, you'll help us move through whatever it is that we face. So my hope and my prayer is this morning that you would speak to each of us wherever we are, And I do pray for those of us who are struggling with forgiveness. Give us the boldness and courage to trust you. Give us the boldness and courage to turn it over to you and help us to have the boldness and courage to do whatever it is that you lead us to do as we move toward that forgiveness. But thank you again for the magnitude of sin that you've forgiven in my life and in our lives. And thank you that you would love us enough to do that and to be in a relationship with us. And I pray all these things in Jesus' name, amen.